0: that's Chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BGW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Money Matters with your host, Gary Goldberg. For over four decades, Gary has been helping people navigate their retirement portfolios. That was nine presidents ago, and the Dow was at 800. Through the ups and downs of the markets, our country, and our daily lives, Gary has seen it all and provides real money management for real people. Because after all, money matters. Now, here's Gary Goldberg.
0: Hello, everybody. This is Gary Goldberg on Money Matters. Welcome to the program. Once again, I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you about what's on your mind about your money. And for those new listeners on WOR, I want to just once again reintroduce the program. It is the longest running financial talk show on radio. I've hosted it for 36 years, and uh, I've come back to WOR. And I am thrilled for the opportunity once again to address the audience on WOR. It is important for you to know that you can call me. Now, I do the broadcast on a Wednesday for airing on a Sunday. But when you hear the show on a Sunday or any time during the week, you can call me 845-368-0010. And one of the things that I will do is i will provide you with a second opinion on your own portfolio i can meet with you personally i do not charge for any of the meetings i will listen to what you are trying to achieve and then guide you as best i can it is not one size fits all and i think that's very important for you to know it is not one size fits all i listen to what you are trying to accomplish And do my best through my four decades of experience to be helpful to you. I'll tell you the questions you should ask of your own advisor. And if you are seeking advice, I certainly can give it to you. But again, this is an informational show. I consider it a real privilege to uh, have you as a listener. And I thank you for your trust when you do get in touch with me. So now let's talk about what is going on, because there has been a tech stock rout. Why am I mentioning it? And I'll tell you why. If you have a 401k plan, the chances are you have enjoyed the ride in the past decade. And your 401k plan typically has some of the largest mutual funds in the 401k plan. You know the names, the Vanguards and the Fidelities and the T. Rowe Price Funds. They are large holders of technology. So when you're seeing your statements, and here we are at the beginning of March, you'll get your February statement, you may see your 401k plan down because some of the largest funds in the workplace, the retirement savings plans and 401ks, are not as well diversified as you may think. These very large mega cap technology stocks make up as much as 30% of some of the most popular funds in your retirement plan. These are huge chunks of stock. And in 2020, Apple was up 80%, Amazon up about the same amount, and you enjoyed the ride. Now, the ride has come to a halt, I believe a temporary halt. That's my opinion. But I'm bracing you for the decline in your 401k plan. When you find that these stocks all own, they all own, if you're at a large cap growth fund within your 401k, they own. I'll name them. You know the names. Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, Google. They're going to come down because those stocks have come down off their highs. If you look at the Vanguard Institutional Index Fund, about... of that fund is in those stocks. If you look at Fidelity Contra Fund, about 45%. T. Rowe Price, Blue Chip Growth, about the same amount. So here's my point. If you are getting frightened because of the decline, you have to say, what's my time frame? What's my time element? So concentrated strategies pay off when those concentrated stocks go up. Uh, Contra Fund, Last year, returned about 33%. So Amazon, in T. Rowe Price's blue chip fund, in and of itself makes up about 11% of the fund. So here you are uh, hearing from Gary Goldberg that there is volatility coming and you're going to see your declines in your statements. Now, what do you do? That's the critical question. I know what I'd be doing. If you have a time horizon of several years, I would look at these drops in these wonderful growth companies as an opportunity to add to them. Talk to your own advisor. You can talk with me, but you have two ways of approaching these high-flying growth stocks. One of them is to add to them. The other is to exit. It is not too late to sell. It's also an opportune moment perhaps to buy. These Great growth stocks are down about 10% from their highs. I personally am a buyer. Not all at once necessarily, not necessarily very big, but a buyer nonetheless. And any of these retreats, to me, provide opportunities. I happen to like growth stocks. I like them very much. They've treated me well. They've treated my clients well. And they are the great growth companies of the next three, four, five years. So if you want to hold on to growth stocks, you have to be prepared to take some pain. The party has come to a halt. I think temporarily this was the greatest rally in a sector in history. But the market has gone through a rotation. I've talked about it on prior shows. A barbell approach where you have value and growth is ideal. I gave names Uh, probably a month or two ago, of some wonderful value stocks that I thought would be worthwhile to offset the growth sector. But my personal opinion, talk to your own advisor, is do not abandon companies that are going to change the world. I think the technology sector is going to be phenomenal. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about some of the changes that we have experienced and that we yet may experience going forward. I invite you to call me 845-368-0010. Let's talk about your own portfolio. So if you want to hold on to your growth stocks, and I suggest for those of you who have the tolerance for it, don't abandon them. You have to be prepared to take some pain. It's a lot more fun when these stocks go up, isn't it? Now, in 2015, when I was doing Money Matters, because I've been doing it for 36 years, I remember talking about, how you should be buying. And I specifically mentioned certain technology stocks. What you're hearing from me now is something very similar. The great moments to buy them was in 2015, 2016. But do not, unless you cannot take the volatility, abandon the quality ones. I'm not talking about some of those junky companies with the short sellers and with no fundamentals selling at multiples that do not correlate to any earnings. I'm talking about The FANG type stocks, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google. The Fed is going to be raising interest rates. It's a given. So what the stock market is doing is it's building in that expectation. Technology stocks depend upon lower interest rates for the most part. But there are technology stocks that couldn't care less about interest rates. They have so much money on their balance sheets, they don't borrow very much. So you have to do an analysis. Uh, And I would suggest this is the appropriate time to put on the seatbelt and, again, do not abandon quality growth stocks and stay away from the ones that are getting all the hype. I am not a fan of those. I have not participated in those. Yes, I did miss the move in Tesla, but it did not meet my fundamentals. I like companies that are valued at fair prices. Personally, do I regret not owning Tesla? Of course, I would have made some money on it. My clients would have made money on it, but so be it. I stick with my values. I stick with what has worked for me for so long in helping people. And I think that is important for you to take into consideration for your own risk tolerance. Now, a little bit um, later in the program, we are going to have the opportunity to talk to a wonderful guest. He's the man who ran General Electric. His name is Jeff Immelt. Jeff Immelt was there during the decline of General Electric. He is going to answer some questions from me in relation to that, and we're going to have an interesting discussion. I hope you have the opportunity to stay with me for that interview with a corporate leader, Jeff Immelt, the former CEO of General Electric. My number once again, 845-368-0010. Give me a call. I return all my calls. I look forward to talking with you, as many of you know. We'll be back in just a moment. Money Matters with Gary Goldberg. Have a delicious Italian pasta bowl delivered with Wegmans
1: Meals to Go. For a limited time, order our rigatoni with Sunday sauce and get a free small salad. Limit one small salad per transaction while supplies last. Minimum $20 order for delivery. Delivery available in select areas.
0: Investment plans are not one size fits all. Your needs might be different from your neighbors and your friends. Are you looking to invest for long-term value? Do you need more income? What do you want to leave to your heirs? Cookie cutter investment plans might suffice for some, but they don't work for everyone. Is your current financial strategy tailored to your needs? Call me, Gary Goldberg, at 845 368 0010. I will sit down with you, look at your state of finances and your investment needs whether it be to prepare for retirement or if you are already enjoying your golden years and would like to make your money work better for you. We've been providing real money management for real people for over 40 years, weathering the ups and downs of the markets. Call me today for a free consultation about what kind of investment plan is best for you. 845-368-0010. That's 845-368-0010. And thank you for listening to Money Matters.
1: Get a $10 sweet and spicy poke bowl for a limited time with Wegmans Meals to Go. Choose sweet and spicy ahi tuna or shrimp with greens or grains and have it delivered. Order on the app or at meals2go. meals2go.com. Minimum $20 order for delivery. Delivery available in
0: select areas. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to Gary Goldberg on Money Matters, and I am going to be back in my office Uh, At the end of March, I am currently in my second home in Arizona. I've been kind of locked down here, sequestered here, working from here. But I am heading back uh, together with my wife to New York. And it has been a wonderful opportunity to do a lot of research while I'm here, a lot of reading, talking to many of you listeners uh, and helping to guide you. But if you want to make an appointment with me, I invite you to make the phone call and we can get together. My office is in Suffern, New York, and it is easily accessible from all points in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area. Uh, It is just over the Mario Cuomo Bridge. Uh, It is uh, just over the Bergen County line in Suffern, New York. And if you do make an appointment, just understand there is no cost, no obligation. I'm there to give you some guidance And then it is up to you to determine what it is that you would like to do with that guidance. No pressure, no cost, no obligation. I invite you to come in if you're married with your spouse. We can explore what you are trying to accomplish and then take it from there. I want to go back to the technology area because um, the uh, last decade has been absolutely amazing. And I want to reflect for a moment on some of the companies and what they experienced in the last 10 years Do you know, it was about 10 years ago that Steve Jobs made his last public appearance on stage, and that's when Tim Cook became the CEO of Apple. You know what's happened to Apple since then? They've leapt 10 generations. They went from the Apple 4 to the Apple 12 today. The new features like Siri and Face ID and bigger screens and processors that are so fast didn't exist 10 years ago. And, you know, back in 2011... There were virtually no Amazon vans. While I am in Arizona, I get deliveries of lots of things, and I see the Amazon van show up almost daily, and uh, now there's almost one on you know every street corner. So Amazon Web Services did not exist. It is now a computing juggernaut. It is Im- unbelievable to think how we operated without Amazon Web Services, and now... Most homes, many homes have Alexa. It's part of the furniture. There were very, very few companies that had the market cap they have no. You know, there were no companies that had a market value of a trillion dollars or more 10 years ago. Now you have Apple, Google, Microsoft, and Amazon. Uh, Tesla was a one car company. They had a Roadster, uh, very few competitors. Now they have four models that are on sale today. Virtually every traditional car maker has an electric car in the making. You know, Netflix, they were a company that changed Hollywood. They didn't exist for the most part 10 years ago. Uber was just a black car service. Airbnb was expanding from an air mattress company to uh, what it has become now. Bitcoin was kind of a curiosity. It was. Uh, Something nobody knew about. I am going to share a story with you. I mentioned it a few weeks ago, but my son, about six or seven years ago, he owns a gallery in Telluride, Colorado, and somebody bought something from him and paid him in Bitcoin. And he did what he wisely was told by his dad to do. Get rid of the Bitcoin, convert it to real dollars, and say thank you to your client. And he did that. It was a $20,000 sale. And he converted the $20,000 that he got in Bitcoin that day to cash, but he kept $1,800 worth. He actually forgot about it. And what he did is the other day, he said to me, you know, dad, I kept $1,600. I'm wrong in the number. It was $1,600 in Bitcoin. And I went to check the value of it, out of curiosity it's worth eighteen thousand dollars right now for my sixteen hundred dollars i said well congratulations on making the right decision And of course you can't look back but that's what bitcoin was so this is what the past 10 years had in store for us who knows what the next 10 years will have in store for us what i can tell you is there are companies that when they go on sale i like to buy and there many of them are in the retail area of course My favorite for you listeners has always been Amazon. I own it for disclosure purposes. I do own Home Depot. Other good companies are Walmart, Target, Costco. Talk to your own advisors. But these are the ones that got hurt last week. And these are, I think, top retailers. Their scalability is amazing. And scalability is the company that survives and thrives even during the worst environment. So when you look at Companies like Amazon, which dropped almost 10%. Target came down a lot. Home Depot came down about 8%. I like to buy on the dips when these names go on sale. Again, understand your own risk tolerance. These are not dividend-paying stocks. They are not for income. But if you're looking for growth opportunities, I would suggest you explore the companies that I mentioned. Keep in mind, I am not your advisor. I don't know your age. I don't know your objective. It's worth exploring companies like that. The big concern right now is inflation. And when you get concerned about inflation, which we have not had in some time, there's a natural inclination for people to say, I want to buy gold because I'm afraid of inflation. I think you're much better off buying dividend-type stocks, value stocks during inflation but do not abandon your growth stocks, the quality ones, stay with them. And I think you'll have a very good portfolio when we come out of this correction. My opinion again, this is not something like we saw in 2008, this is very sector related and it's fun when they go up, it's not fun when they come down, but I like to buy when things are on sale. Give me a call, we'll talk about what you should be doing. And then you can bounce it off your own advisor or have a meeting with me, 845-368-0010. Remember, Jeff Immelt, the former CEO of General Electric, is coming up. You're listening to Gary Goldberg on Money Matters. You're listening to Money Matters with Gary Goldberg. Income matters, and it can come from many sources. We at Money Matters like dividend-paying stocks. We prefer high-quality dividend-paying stocks, not for everything in your investment portfolio and not all of the time. Still, if you're seeking income after retirement, look for companies with a history of raising their dividends on a regular basis. Give me a call, Gary Goldberg, at 845-368-0010. That's 845-368-0010. Talk to me about investing in high-quality dividend-paying stocks and how to integrate them into your portfolio. Quality dividend-paying stocks can bring you income during retirement, even in years of a rough market landscape or a period of slow economic growth. Again, give me a call at 845-368-0010 for a conversation about dividend-paying stocks or to set up a no-charge, no-obligation consultation with me personally. I have been providing real money management for real people for over four decades. 845-368-0010. 845-368-0010. I understand that when I talk about value stocks, they're kind of boring when compared to the high-flying technology companies of quality, of quality. When you're told as a kid you have to eat your broccoli and you want to reach for the chocolate cake instead, I understand that. You want the gusto. You want the action. And years ago, you could hit a reasonable return with your money by holding a mix of stocks and bonds, but bonds aren't paying anything. Stocks are now relatively expensive. Bonds yield so little, so... People have to look for alternative ways of getting their money invested for some return. I am and remain a big fan of variable annuities for many people. They are very misunderstood, and I want to make it very clear that variable annuities, as opposed to indexed annuities as opposed to fixed annuities and opposed to immediate annuities, variable annuities are the only ones that I like, and I use them as a money manager. So let me once again describe what a variable annuity is and where it might work for you if you are concerned about protecting your capital because there are protections that are built into annuities. You need to read a prospectus to understand what the costs are for the insurance, but it might be well worth it. I certainly think it is for clients who are looking to protect their retirement money. I had a conversation with a very, very nice listener actually yesterday. And he owned an annuity. And when I spoke to him about it, he thought he had a variable annuity. I had him email me the statement. And as it turned out, this very nice gentleman was sold an annuity that he really did not understand. What's the lesson here? Before you invest in something, understand what it is that you are investing in. He, in fact, had an indexed annuity, and the performance of it was absolutely terrible. Over a 10-year period, the 100000 that he had invested was worth $135,000. Do your math. That's 3.5% a year. And the reason that he did so poorly compared to the indexes was because he was capped, capped in terms of what he was able to make. So what he bought was not what he understood. I am not a fan of indexed annuities for that reason. Variable annuities give you the upside. The other thing to understand is why variable annuities are very attractive and why they are having record years. When you invest in a variable annuity, you are paying for the insurance, but at least your heirs are protected. Your heirs are guaranteed to receive in the event of your death, the money that you put in, even if the value was down. Now, if the value went up and a variable annuity has all of the upside potential of mutual funds and stocks, it has the opportunity to provide your heirs or you the higher of the money you put into it or whatever it became worth. So if you had $100,000 in and if the value went up to 200 dollars over a period of time, you or your heirs will get to $200,000. If the value of your 100,000 went down to 80 and you passed away, your beneficiaries get the 100 back. Sounds too good to be true? No, it's too good to be free. So explore the world of variable annuities, read the prospectus. I have been using them since 1998. So that's over 20 years. And I have had major success with variable annuities. Do not shy away from people who say, oh, annuities, I hate annuities. They don't understand how you can use them. Within a variable annuity, you have the opportunity to invest in a multitude of different subaccounts. You may know them as mutual funds, but these subaccounts include the Vanguard funds, Fidelity funds, T. Rowe Price, uh, a multitude of different subaccounts. And a good money manager can move them around, or you can move them around within the confines of the choices. You have as many as 120 different choices in annuities. Within the annuity, there are that many sub-accounts, and you can adjust your portfolio. So I like them during this period of confusion. And if you want to generate income from them, the income is also guaranteed, again, Not too good to be true, but too good to be free. The insurance companies make money on their annuities, and you should at least explore where they might work for you. I have invested for clients of mine over the years, hundreds of millions of dollars in that sector of the investment world. And if you want to talk to me about where the opportunities may lie for you, or even if you have a current annuity and you're not sure what it is, as that gentleman who called me, was not sure of what he had, I give you the phone number. Once again, Uh, 845-368-0010, 845-368-0010. You are also able to email me or FaceTime me, Zoom meeting with me, whatever you would like, and we can talk about what you would like to do. Uh, And are you hearing from your current advisor during this period of turmoil? During a period of turmoil, not just when you get bragging rights from your advisor who says, hey, aren't we doing great? But during periods of turmoil, are you hearing from that advisor? It is very important to get answers to questions, to reposition things if necessary. Value stocks are now attractive for part of your portfolio, but make sure you're just not chasing a dividend. Dividends can be very, very misleading. I got a call from somebody else. Hey, would you look into this for me, please? My broker said uh, he can get me 9.5% on this particular company because of their dividend. And I did the research on behalf of this individual who called me, and I said, you know, their financials are D-rated, D is D in dog, D. I would not touch it. Yeah, their 9.5% looks attractive. What happens when they cut that dividend? Their financial condition was what? I would avoid. So are you getting that kind of service from your current advisor? Give me a call. We'll talk about it. When we come back, my guest, the former CEO of General Electric, Jeff Immelt. You're listening to Gary Goldberg on Money Matters. Money Matters with Gary Goldberg. What does it mean to stress test your portfolio? You might ask, why would I have to worry about stress testing my portfolio? The fact is, this is a sensible time to do so. A careful investor must be ready for potential downturns, a potentially rougher market climate, and ripple effects from geopolitical events and policies set in Washington. Diversifying your investments is one way to increase the resilience of your portfolio. Minimizing overall risk, investment costs, and tax considerations are other important aspects of concern as well. Proper planning and regular evaluations of your portfolio will better prepare you to weather the next market storm. Is your portfolio stress tested? Well, give me a call. Gary Goldberg, a no charge, no obligation consultation is available to you to stress test your portfolio. I will walk you through the entire process. 845 368 0010. That's 845 368 0010. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Gary Goldberg on Money Matters. And periodically, we have a wonderful CEO of an American company come on the program. And I have the pleasure today of welcoming none other than Jeff Immelt, the former CEO of General Electric, uh, who is going to talk to us not only about the pressure of being in the position of running a company like General Electric, but also filling the shoes of a legendary CEO, Jack Welch, who used to be a regular on the program before he passed on. Jeff Immelt, welcome to Money Matters.
1: Hey, Gary. Thanks Thanks for having me on.
0: It's my pleasure. You've written a book that I want to mention right from the very beginning, because the title tells it all. It's called The Hot Seat, What I Learned Leading great American company. And the hot seat is really what you stepped into. Could you ever have imagined what you were going to face when you took the job as CEO of General Electric?
1: You know, Gary, I think, um, you know, the times changed so dramatically. I, I worked from 1982 to 2000 at GE, and those were more or less peaceful days. The U.S. economy grew. We were kind of at the center of the earth. Uh, 9-11 not only was a tragedy and a crisis in and of itself, but it kind of marked a real change in the in the global economy. It became more technical, more global. There was more scrutiny. So uh, I, I could never have imagined it. I, I'm not sure anybody could have been ready for it. But certainly it, it marked uh, a whole new era and in, in really in, in society, but particularly in business.
0: When you stepped into the uh, the hot seat, as you're referring to it, was there a lot of people left over at General Electric there to assist you, or did you really start building a whole new team?
1: You know, I, I tried very hard to retain some of the key leaders we had in the company. In particular, there were people like uh, Dennis Dairman, who had been Jack's long-term CFO. He, he stayed with me for four or five years. Um, And he was a great, he was very wise and very tough-minded, and he was a great asset.
0: So Jeff, I just want to point out to the audience that as soon as you ascended to the CEO position at General Electric, in about four days thereafter, we had September 11th occur. I can't imagine what that was like. What was the impact on General Electric and decisions you had to make uh, on 9-11 of 2001?
1: Yeah, you know, Gary. So again, this was a, a crisis for the country. But when you think about 9/11, it had a big impact on the aviation industry, the insurance industry, even media was was hard hit. So, you know, I, I kind of stepped in and had to start making decisions about whether or not to lend uh, airlines money, how to how to restructure our commercial aviation business, what kind of charges we needed to take in insurance. So, so basically it got me in the mix uh, right away, but, but I would say a more long-lasting uh, impact, and, and this was more or less at the same time as the bubble economy and Enron. It was just a whole new scrutiny placed on organizations and companies coming through that time period that, that really changed the future, not just for GE, but for all of corporate America.
0: I think that's very well said because corporate America really was impacted. I was managing people's money uh, back then, and everybody was paying attention to the prices of their stock portfolios. Did you get a lot of pressure to watch the price of the stock? As a CEO, you have to run a company. The stock is a reflection of running the company, but were there extra pressures put on you because of what was going on in terms of Wall Street saying, what are you doing about the price of your stock? Or Were they focusing on other things at that time?
1: Look, I I think that a CEO that says they don't pay attention uh, to the stock price is lying. But I I always knew that uh, how we ran the company, what businesses we invested in would take time. And and therefore, you know, we tried to be transparent with our investors in terms of how they looked at the company. I, I think one of the things that happened, Gary, in the late 90s was that investors themselves didn't pay as much attention uh, to companies. I, I, I had a, a, a very large investor right after 9-11 that sold most of their stock because they said, we didn't realize that GE was in the insurance business. And look, if you own a lot of stock and you didn't realize that, uh, that's that just means that uh, one of us didn't do our job. Either we weren't transparent enough or you didn't do enough homework. So I think there was a lot of that that was going on in the late 90s that basically got... Uh, you know,
0: run out of the system in the early 2000s. I want to go back to 2008 also, because uh, seven years into your tenure, GE took another major hit, which you describe in your wonderful book. And I want to mention that again. It's called The Hot Seat, what I learned leading a great American company. But in 2008, we had the crash. And again, you had the pressures where. GE stock came down, as I recall, somewhere in the neighborhood of 30% or thereabouts. Did the board in any way point fingers at you? Did shareholders point fingers at you specifically?
1: Yeah, so, you know, Gary, so, you know, with GE Capital, we were a large kind of debt-funded finance company, and we took a huge hit in the financial crisis. So I think as a leader during that crisis, we, we not only had to you know, kind of fix the underlying foundation of G Capital, but we're also in the media every day as kind of one of the bad guys, if you will. So that was a, that was a real path those two battles. I think the board always was focused on fixing the problem. I, I think what happens in a crisis is either people choose to fix the problem or to point fingers. And I never really felt, uh, you know, from the board uh, that they were pointing fingers. They were always in it to fix the problem. I think investors clearly were disappointed, and again, it just, you know, there was just a long period of time where investors wouldn't buy any financial service stocks because they just wanted to understand what was in there, where the regulators would go, but that was a, that was a tough blow for us, there's no doubt about it.
0: It's important for people also to recognize that you had the CEO job for 16 years. That was for a reason. You were a wonderful CEO and you went through some tough times. You had uh, the globalization of GE, the expansion of GE, new innovations, mergers, many for the better. But do a lot of retirees who use General Electric as a core holding for them point a finger at you and again you discuss it in the hot seat they pointed a finger at you as a ceo and jack welch had done all these wonderful things what is your response to those people who lost a lot of money in general electric during your leadership
1: yeah look i understand the criticism i i uh there's not a day that i don't think about the company and think about uh the decisions we made um I guess what I would say to them is uh, this is a team that always uh, did its best and not every decision worked, but over the course of, you know, 16 years, uh, we generated more earnings and cash than the previous 110 years of the company combined. So I think there were there were some good things that happened at the company. You know, Gary, one of the reasons why I wrote the book, I, I really wrote it for two reasons. One is it just hasn't been a complete story told about GE and the good end of that, the things that happened, and and, uh, and and the way that the team responded, and and to your point, you know, we were we were a great global company. We led the industries we were in. We were a strong technical leader, uh, but the stock didn't work, right? So it's it, I, I felt like there was a more complete story that needed to be told, and the second reason is in the in the era we live in today, all leadership is crisis leadership. And uh, Lord knows, we, we had more than our fair share of crisis to, to work on. And I thought some of the stories might be illustrative to people that are sitting in the hot seat
0: today. Some of, the, some of the things that I think you point out very well in the book is you talk to a number of college students. You tell them ways to deal with the stress of business leadership. That, I think, is the real message of your book. The bigger you are, the more constant the media microscope becomes. What do you actually tell these college students that they need to learn in order to get into the business world at a very high level?
1: Yeah, you know, Gary, the first thing I, I tell them is the importance of just showing up, right? When, when things don't go your way or, or when you're in a really tough cycle, a lot of leaders like to hide, but that's the time that you have to show up and, and be your best and pull the team together. And so I, I always talk to the students about the, the leader's ability to absorb fear Right. So 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 give your people, show your people a way to, to get progress, uh, and 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 don't just dump every problem on them. Uh, the way that leaders can hold two truths at the same time. I, I think there's a lot of discussion today about being an optimist or a pessimist, but I think the best leaders know how to understand the worst case, but also keep focus on, you know, what what is a bright future for the company. They have to be communicators and just own the messaging and don't let don't let people tell false stories about them. And then I, I think the last one is you have to make decisions. You have to make decisions in a crowded room, and that means you're going to get second guessed and you're going to you're going to have people that, that kind of say, "Gosh, everything would have worked if only he had listened to me." But but you know that's worth it in the context of showing people the way you make decisions. So that's what I talk to my students about. And look, the COVID crisis has given everybody another opportunity to see what it's like to kind of go through a really horrible tail risk event.
0: One of the great axioms that I have always learned is that if you are the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And I think you are a perfect example about how you tapped into some other very very good minds that surrounded General Electric. And I want to encourage people to pick up the book The book is a wonderful read. It's called The Hot Seat, What I Learned Leading a Great American Company. And Jeff Immelt, once again, it is a pleasure to have you as a guest here on Money Matters.
1: Thank you, Gary. It's great to be with
0: you. My pleasure. I think leadership style is very important. And when you're an investor in a stock, it is up to you and your advisor to look to what It takes to run a company and its complexities. If you have a single product versus a company like General Electric, it's a whole different approach. A board of directors is very important. When I do my research, before I recommend anything, I check to see the complexity of a company and how it has thrived during the ups and downs of the various subsidiaries of the company. I hope that you're getting that kind of advice and that kind of in depth research from the person who is helping you maintain your assets as you head into retirement. You're welcome to give me a call, 845-368-0010. We'll talk about your portfolio. You're listening to Gary Goldberg on Money Matters. Money Matters with Gary Goldberg. Have a delicious hot Asian bowl delivered with Wegmans Meals To Go. For a limited time, order a $12 teriyaki black pepper salmon bowl and get a free egg roll. Order on the app or at meals2go.com. Minimum $20 order for delivery.
1: Delivery available in select stores.
0: Investment plans are not one size fits all. Your needs might be different from your neighbors and your friends. Are you looking to invest for long-term value? Do you need more income? What do you want to leave to your heirs? Cookie cutter investment plans might suffice for some, but they don't work for everyone. Is your current financial strategy tailored to your needs? Call me, Gary Goldberg, at 845-368-0010. I will sit down with you, look at your state of finances and your investment needs, whether it be to prepare for retirement or if you are already enjoying your golden years and would like to make your money work better for you. We've been providing real money management for real people for over 40 years, weathering the ups and downs of the markets. Call me today for a free consultation about what kind of investment plan is best for you. 845-368-0010. That's 845-368-0010. And thank you for listening to Money Matters. Have a delicious Italian pasta bowl delivered with Wagman's Meals to Go. For a
1: limited time, order our rigatoni with Sunday sauce and get a free small salad. Limit one small salad per transaction while supplies last. Minimum $20 order for delivery. Delivery available in select
0: areas. A number of people who call me are calling with certain concerns that they have, and they're comparing this market to the one of about 10 years ago. And I reflect on the difference between the recovery that we've had uh, uh, currently that lasted for 10 years and the one that came out of 2008 and 2009 and actually allowed us to embark on the 10-year rally that we have had. So what's different now? Uh, For one thing, I think in view of what's going on with COVID, the demand for product is likely to rebound a lot faster because of the stimulus plan that has been put in place by our government. There are a series of supply side constraints that are coming out of all the uncertainty of the pandemic, and it's going to be hard to meet that very, very aggressive and surging demand. So what I'm really saying in non-economic terms is we're going to have demand for products. And I think the recovery in the economy is going to be reflected in certain stocks. That's why I'm emphasizing some of the stocks that are on the value side of the market. A company like Home Depot, for example, uh, I am not telling you to go out and buy it, but I am telling you that I do own it, have owned it for a while. But um, when you look at a company like Home Depot, Uh, This is a company that has survived very, very well. They're obviously the largest home improvement retailer if you measure them by sales. Um, Their sales were up about 20% this year. Now, a lot of it came from people uh, doing work that they were able to do at home. But they also are an interesting dividend stock. So it's a value company with growth built into it. In previous shows, I mentioned Disney, which has now hit a new high. I've mentioned Chipotle Mexican Grill, which also did exceptionally well. So what you have to do now is look at companies that are not just the FANG stocks, although, as you heard on this program, I remain a big fan of them and buy them on the dips. But you have to... uh, Be aware of what companies survive very well and which ones will continue to do well going forward. So you need to look at your own portfolio. Inflation is the key word that is triggering all of the activity that is happening right now. You may not know it, but about 85% of the stock market activity is triggered by computers. It's not Mr. and Mrs. Jones calling their broker and saying, sell 100 shares of AT&T. It's algorithmic trading. There are literally cables running from Manhattan to Jersey City, New Jersey, under the Hudson River that go to computers. And 85% of the activity is generated by mutual funds, exchange-traded funds that look for the opportunity to buy and sell. That's how they make money. Don't get caught up in the activity that is occurring because they'll end up, in my opinion buying the same great stocks back when things settle down. So don't abandon it. Stay with quality. But inflation became the catalyst to trigger all the selling. The Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell said, well, he's not raising interest rates, but he'll keep an eye on it. So I do not foresee high inflation as a major concern, certainly for the next six to nine months. In the past, Gold bugs would jump all over gold and just buy gold as that was their way to hedge against inflation. You don't have to do that anymore. There are dividend-paying stocks that will enable you to get income other than from bonds, and I would explore them. Dividend-paying stocks really work. Now, what you wanna do is buy dividend-paying stocks that raise their dividends every year. You know why they raise their dividends every year? Because they can, they have very strong balance sheets. What does a company do when they have cash on their balance sheet? They do one of three things or two of three things, maybe three of three things, but typically they raise their dividends. The board of directors gets together and say, uh, well, let's raise our dividend. Let's reward our shareholders for their loyalty or a company will acquire another company with their cash. So mergers and acquisitions occur in this environment. And the third thing is they buy back their own shares, which typically elevates the price of the stock. you like to see a company more often than not buy back their own shares. On the positive side, it's a vote of confidence on the negative side. It's just an indication. Well, maybe they don't have anything better to do with their money. So why don't we buy back our own shares? Remember, corporate executives have a vested interest in seeing the price of their stock go up. Why? Because they have options understand when you look at a company, and this is what I do, I look at their balance sheets, not just their dividend payout. I want to see how strong their balance sheet is. Are they doing the right thing with their money? Are they going to treat their shareholders properly? And are you getting this kind of insight from your current advisor? Ask questions of your advisor. Uh, and on that basis, I think you will determine if you have the right advisor. I Do not think you should jump from one advisor to the next. If that advisor is working hard to gain your loyalty, to make you money, that's what they're all about. You can have dinner with them, you can socialize with them, go have a drink with them, but their job is to make you money. That's their occupation. So are they doing that for you? And more importantly, are they keeping in touch? Do they do their research or are they much more passive or are they gambling with your money? I don't gamble with my client's money. When I started my company, it began with $5,000. I know what losing $5,000 can mean to somebody. It hurts. Forget about the numbers nowadays. 5,000 is 5,000. I wrote a book on entrepreneurship. I give all of the proceeds to the St. Jude's Children's Research Center. Remember, I said all of the proceeds, not of the profits. Why did I write the book? It's an inspiration for entrepreneurs. It's a history of how I did it, what worked for me. Fortunately, this country enabled me to become successful. And if you want to pick up that book, you can go to Amazon. The name of the book is How Badly Do You Want It? How badly do you want it? Because I wanted it badly. I continue to want it badly, which is why I continue to work the way I do. I'm also blessed with the fact that I enjoy thoroughly helping people gain their own financial independence. If you want to have a conversation with me, call me. No pain. I will answer your call. Remember, the show is on a Sunday. I will return the call on Monday, no later than Tuesday. If time is available to me on that Sunday, I'll pick up the phone and talk with you. Don't be shocked when you hear my voice. People say, am I really speaking to Gary Goldberg? The answer is yes. I am the one you will talk to. 845-368-0010. We'll be back in just a moment. You're
1: listening to Money Matters with
0: Gary Goldberg. What does it mean to stress test your portfolio? You might ask, why would I have to worry about stress testing my portfolio? The fact is, this is a sensible time to do so. A careful investor must be ready for potential downturns a potentially rougher market climate, and ripple effects from geopolitical events and policies set in Washington. Diversifying your investments is one way to increase the resilience of your portfolio. Minimizing overall risk, investment costs, and tax considerations are other important aspects of concern as well proper planning, and regular evaluations of your portfolio will better prepare you to weather the next market storm. Is your portfolio stress-tested? Well, give me a call. Gary Goldberg, a no-charge, no-obligation consultation is available to you to stress-test your portfolio. I will walk you through the entire process. 845-368-0010. That's 845-368-0010. The end of the show is here. I can't believe how quickly it ran by, but I put a lot of effort and research into providing you with what I hope is an interesting program, and that is why this show, Money Matters, has lasted for 36 years. It's the longest-running financial show on radio. I love it because it forces me to stay current. It forces me to talk with people who need some good, sound advice, And I have met so many wonderful people, many of whom have become friends as a result of Money Matters. So once again, it is time for you to open up your minds to what is going on and changing here. On today's program, I perhaps opened your eyes to the world of variable annuities where they may fit for some of your money. I talked about quality of dividends, not just chasing dividend yield, quality of dividends. I talked about inflation and how bonds do not work anymore. Years ago, if you wanted safety, you put your money into bonds. Do You know that if you have a 10-year treasury and if interest rates go up by 1%, you will lose approximately 10% of the value of a 10-year treasury. You have perhaps some long-term bonds in your portfolio without realizing it. If you have a bond fund, chances are you have some long-term bonds look behind the curtain. What is in your bond portfolio? I will help you do that. I'll tell you what you own. If you have an international fund, what countries are you investing in? If you have a fund that is heavily weighted towards only a few stocks, brace yourself because you're going to see the volatility.